Welcome back. I have been here for seven days waiting for you. Today we wrap up our conversation with the one, the only, the myth, the legend, J.D. Lennox. So without further ado, dot dot dot. Okay, I derailed us. I commandeered. What you wanted to go down a different path. I don't remember what it was now. Uh, you listened to albums. Oh yeah. And I was. <laughs> that just sounds so dumb out of context. So you listen to music. <laughs> Um, no, oh, from on occasion. Yeah. My wife and I were talking about this either yesterday or the day before. And I mean, she, if I show her an album and she's playing it in the car, a lot of times she hits shuffle. Oh, and that is a yes. big, that is a big no, no for me. Mm. It's disgusting. <laughs> she give her flack next yeah, time you see it. I will. Her. Uh, and because for me, I'm like, if I'm listening to a playlist, mm-hmm. go ahead. Shuffle all day. Shuffle it. Yeah. Because that's the point. Right. If I'm listening to an album, yeah. I am listening to a snapshot of this artist or this band and what they... Like, this is this is a piece of documentation that represents them at the time that they made it. Mm-hmm. And I want to respect that. Right. They made an intentional choice to put the songs in a particular order. Maybe there are transitions where one song feeds into the next song, mm-hmm. there's an energy flow, yep. right? Like when you plan your live set, I mean, we see this all the time at church even, like you plan it in a specific order. You pick keys and tempos. Yeah. And and, and that's, to me, that's like the beauty of an album and why I want to listen to an album. I like, oh, I track three is like my favorite track and I'll listen to that track over and over and over again. But part of why I like the track is the context that it's in the whole album. Like, yeah. it's track three. Exactly. If you shuffle, the first five songs might all be bangers, and then the next five, you're just, like, falling asleep. Exactly. And it's not necessarily that the songs are bad. But they... they but they were created... They were put in a certain order for a reason. They're better in their context. Yeah. yeah. I... So on that subject, what albums have you been listening to recently well let me pull up my uh, <laughs> album highlights this on is, instagram cause... so this is actually normally a question i do at the end of the podcast okay. but but i want to talk them all yeah i want to talk about it now well i'm gonna look at my spotify recently played yeah i don't this is this is kind of a loaded question for me because like i said i feel like i did not listen to anything until i moved here and i also feel like i just didn't listen to music enough or a lot i mean I remember listening to music a lot growing up. Like I had, I mean, the very first things I ever had were cassettes. I had two cassettes and then it went all CD and it was like majority CD for me growing up. Yeah. Until the iPod came out. But I remember, you know, walking to the bus for school, listening to my CD player or like on car trips, listening to my CD player. And I had, you know, the, the case with all the CDs (laughs) that you, um, so I remember listening a lot, but at the same time, I feel like I did not listen a lot. And I definitely didn't listen to a wide enough variety. Yeah. Not necessarily like active, meaningful listening. Yeah. And that's a, like, honestly, that's a skill that I've had to work on just as much as like skills on my instrument. Um, listening to lots of things, listening all the time, listening instead of watching TV. You know what I mean? Or, or that's yeah, a big one. Listening in the car versus like sitting down with speakers or headphones and intentionally just listening. Like all those things. I, I 
feel like there are still so many things that as a quote unquote professional musician who's 28 years old, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't listened to yet. Yeah. I just, I just have like, there's just still things that I'm like, I need to listen to that. And I just haven't done it yet. Yeah. There's no reason why. Um, I, I identify with that as well. So yeah, I've just been trying to do that more. I've been trying to listen to lots of things. Um, I've been trying to listen to old things, stay up on new things. Just, I don't know. But yeah, anyways. Uh, to Instagram. To Instagram. Well, before I even do that, I just today, yesterday, I've been listening to a lot of Dawes. I just went and saw Dawes live for the first time yeah. on Sunday. It was incredible. Um, was that in Minneapolis? That was in Iowa, in Des Moines, at okay. a music festival. Nice. Yep. Um, but here's what my little thing that I started from 19 weeks ago. I was listening to Mirror Master by Young the Giant. Okay, the yeah. Young the Giant album is really cool. I haven't... Okay, that's one of those things where I haven't heard their new stuff, but their first two records came out when I was in high school. Okay. So I listened the heck out of those. Yeah, see, I've never listened to those. They're really good. I need to go back. They... I mean, they've, they've aged definitely. It sounds completely okay. different yep. from, from their new stuff, yeah. but it's cool. So there's that uh, Girl by Mary Morris. Oh, yeah. This has been an interesting shift. I do not like country music. Yeah. And I don't necessarily consider that country music. I'll get into that for a second. Yeah. I've never been into country music. When I think country music, I think bro country, talking about my tractor with the really thick country accent twang thing, right? Yeah. And I've realized that that's not really fair, that there's many aspects of the country music genre. Better aspects, if you ask me. Yes, correct. That's the correct answer. Uh, uh, that's so arrogant of me to say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that Casey Musgraves album came out, Golden Hour, and everyone yeah. lost their shit. Yeah. And I saw which everyone posting about it, so then I went and listened to it, and I was like, holy crap. And that, interestingly enough, I feel like I'm really happy that that album blew up because that to me sounds like something that respects country music's origins. Mm -hmm. If you listen to like classic country hits from, you know, 50 years ago, the new Casey Musgraves record sounds like songs written from that era, but produced with our know-how and technology today. Right. And, and with more pop sensibility. Yeah. And with, in, with the musical context of like where we are in yeah. 2019. Yeah. Um, and so that just makes me happy. I'm like, this, this feels like the first real country record I've heard in 2019 or 2018, yeah. you know, whenever it came out, I think last year probably. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is, so I've just never really been a fan of country to begin with. My wife does not like country. <laughs> And what's been interesting is I got so into that Casey Musgraves album and she, she does not like it because she hears Casey's voice and just hears a country voice yeah. and, and she can't get past that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this album's so good. And she's like, I'm surprised you like that. And so a similar thing kind of happened with this Mary Morris album that I think is a little bit more leaning to like the pop side. Yeah. And so she likes some of those songs, but then there's a couple songs on that album too that are a little more country. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's interesting listening to music as a musician. Like, I think about this all the time. We will never be able to listen to music like an average listener listens to music. It'll and, never it'll never be unbiased again. Right. 
And so when I listen to that girl album, the Mary Morris album, so much about what I love about that is like Aaron Sterling is playing drums. Yeah. And, you know, um, I can't remember who else was on that album, but like all the musicians are just crushing. Yeah. And I have to listen to that. But yet it's not like a really music. It's not like snarky puppy where it's like so math and music where it's like, you can appreciate it because these guys are insanely good. Mm -hmm. But like that, for instance, I can only listen to so much of that and I'm like, I need a break. And even, you know, like my wife doesn't like that music because it's just like overstimulating. Yeah, same. That's a good way to put it is, is it's very overstimulating. Yeah. Yeah. But I can appreciate it. Yeah. And there's parts of it that I'm like, that get me really pumped. I feel like as a musician, it's easy to appreciate that style of music because it lends itself to showcasing people's mm-hmm. skill. Yeah. You know? And it's, for musicians, I think like it's, it's weird time signatures and weird chord progressions and weird keys, stuff we don't normally hear songs in. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's just stimulating as a musician to hear something that's like way out of the box. Mm-hmm done really well yeah whereas like a lot of popular music is like oh we can kind of predict where it's gonna go mm-hmm. but anyways sucker punch by sigrid sigrid yeah s-i-g-r-i-d so this is an interesting one because um my wife brit actually this is really funny there are many albums that my wife listens to and tells me about and then within a couple weeks or months everyone is talking about them she somehow is like right it's like right, right ahead, of, ahead the curve. of like everyone at least in my circle that i follow so she, you know we were listening to that maggie rogers album yeah like so good a couple weeks before all of a sudden all my friends were like posting about it yeah so i gotta give credit where credit is due sucker punch is cool um, Maybe we should have Brit on the podcast We probably should, yeah, she's awesome um, There's an album, the band Gunger Yes They released an album called Archives I don't know if you know, Gunger is no longer a band They've, oh. they've, they're going to They announced recently Like, we're done making music as Gunger I think mm-hmm. they're going to do other stuff Yeah um, So they released an album called Archives And it's basically all this music that never made it onto albums or yeah. other things. It's like 20 songs or something. Dang. And it's just stuff. She just burped? I think so. My dog just burped <laughs> into the mic. Charming. That is Ooh, that stinks. inappropriate. <laughs> I apologize. It's okay. Wow. Uh, Get out of here. Yeah, so it's just 20 songs that are, they never really found their place or maybe there are different versions. I can't remember exactly what's on there, but it's cool. Cool stuff. I feel like they're a pretty underrated band. Yeah, but, but I saw them. Uh, I saw them at First Ave a few years ago, mm. and because they were opening for Switchfoot. Oh, interesting! And that was an incredible yeah, show. I would... um, they, if I remember right, if I remember right, it was just the two. Because I think it's like two main people in the band. Right? Yeah, husband and wife. Yeah, and then they had a drummer. Mm-hmm. So it was just just it was three of them: him playing guitar, her playing keys, and then a drummer. Interesting. And that was it. And it was sick. Yeah, it was like super. It was like coffee shop vibes but way more artsy hmm. and way more like avant-garde okay yeah um well yeah it was really cool it was yeah really cool when i saw them it was it's been a while now but same kind of deal they had 
um, like a keys player, like kind of one of those ox guys where he he mainly played keys. I think he might have played bass on a couple songs. They didn't have like a dedicated bass player though. A lot of tracks, a lot mm-hmm. of like live sampling and and triggering and all that. But yeah, um, yeah, they're super cool. Maggie Rogers album, uh, Tycho. Yeah. I've been really getting into them. My wife Again, loves Tycho. I didn't even know about that until the last year or two, which is so silly. But uh, Nora Jones' album called The Fall. Yeah. Cooper Doton, bass player here, turned me on to that album recently. Thought you were about to say, like, some way he was involved. Oh, I'm no. Like, are you freaking kidding no, me? No, no, he no. Just, he just said, hey, check out this song. And I was like, ah. Oh. It's one of those songs where the first song on the album... Uh, the like I think it's like the bass line or the guitar riff or maybe they're both doing it when you get into the song you it's very obvious just to hear like the riff is just starting on like the end of one so just displaced yeah but the way the song starts that's the first thing you hear is that riff mm. and so you you naturally hear it as being on one and then the drums come in and it's like it takes you a second to like the vocals come in to like orient like where is the downbeat and then once you're into it you're like Okay, this is like not that complicated. He, the drummer's playing a basic four-four groove, and then the riff is just. On. But it's interesting, yeah, because it's like the first track. It's Nora Jones, so it's like, and you hear the song, and you're like, "Whoa, what's happening?" Exactly. It's cool, but the whole album's really cool. Uh, listen to that new Rankin Tours. Is that how you say that? Jack White's band, the Rankin Tours, Rank Rack Tears. I'm very unfamiliar. With that uh, music. you would know, uh, man, what's the hit song? Well, the, I don't know. You would know that there's, they have a song that like you oh, would really? know that's been on like everything, but interesting. It's like Jack Black. I mean, not Jack Black, <laughs> Jack White. Rock. Jack. Wow. That's interesting. I never thought about that. Jack White. Oh and yeah. Jack Black. I wonder if they've done anything. Like if, if Jack White has ever done something with Tenacious D or something. I don't know. Cause I feel like probably that would be. Um, I was hanging out with Jasper and Cooper the other day, and they were talking about this album yeah. called Washed Out by a band called Paracosm. Okay. Been listening to that. That's super cool. This is also, I find myself in this situation all the time where I'm sitting with other people, and I'm just listening to them talk about things, and I have no idea what they're talking about, but I'm, like, taking notes. Yeah. Or I'm, like, writing things down. I remember my friend Jeff from Florida. Mm-hmm would we would talk on the phone all the time and he would be talking about this album and this producer and this engineer and he would talk about things as if i knew what he was talking about Mm -hmm. as if i should know these people and so as we're talking i'm going yeah totally mm -hmm, mm -hmm." and then i'm on my computer on wikipedia looking all these guys up yep and then being like oh okay that because he was just always so aware of like who mixed this album and who did this Mm -hmm. and producer um yeah so I do, I do that with people now where they'll talk about stuff. And I'm like, I should probably know about that. Yeah. Or maybe I shouldn't know. But it's just like they really both like it. Right. It's nice, to, it's nice to have context. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. In the same conversation, Jasper brought up Melodrama by Lord. It's the newest Lord album. Yeah. Super cool. I think Taylor Johnson may have yeah. played some stuff on mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, I was listening to that album the other day because both Jess and I had forgotten about Lord. Yeah. And we were recording some vocal like tracks for her stuff. And Steven who was engineering was like, you should do more of like a Lord sort of vibe. And mm-hmm. both of us are just like, 
Brick. I forgot Laura yeah. even was yep. <laughs> even existed. Did you know that she is like crazy young? Like Laura, yeah, she's like three years old, right? I'm gonna look it up because because it, it blew my mind. Mm. And then I got like when I realized her age, I went down this rabbit hole of like, how is everybody so young? Who's yeah. really successful? It could be depressing sometimes. Uh, she's 22. Wow. Uh, and she was born November 7th, 1996. So she's younger than me. That's crazy. You know, Sean Mendez is 20 years old. That's insane. And Camila Cabello is 22 also, I think. It's, it's nuts. Taylor Swift is only 29. Yeah. Everybody's so young. It's insane. I mean, that makes sense, right? Like... Nobody wants you when you're old. Yeah, I mean, the the, the face of pop music is going to be young yeah. inherently, but it's just crazy. Like, I, I don't know. It just it sort of blows my mind. I was going to try to have a funny tie-in, but the next album is the John Mayer album. I was going to say something like the face of pop, but I, I don't know that. Anyways, it doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> is it the search for everything? No, Paradise Valley. Ooh. Okay, so let's Ooh. talk about John Mayer for a second. Let's talk about his albums. I love John Mayer. I'm a huge John Mayer fan. I know that a lot of people are not. Some people say he's a douche. Yeah. Some people say I don't like his voice. All fair. I see why you're saying that. Mm-hmm. I like John Mayer. I've always liked John Mayer. I like basically all of his albums. I usually like the albums. I and more drawn to the albums that most people don't like. Don't know why. But I remember, you know, Continuum comes out. It's regarded as this incredible album. Masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. Masterpiece. I agree. And then everyone's like, and it was also around that time, right before or after he did the trio thing, mm-hmm. which everyone was like, oh my gosh, the trio. Yeah. So then everyone's like anticipating the next album. And then it's either Paradise Valley or the other one? Which one came first? It was actually, I think it was born and raised. I think it was Heartbreak Warfare first, or oh, the Battle, battle Stars. Studies. Okay, sorry, Battle yeah. Studies. Yes, I'm getting it all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Continue then born happens. and raised. Battle Studies comes out. People are not super into. I love that album. It's so good. I also saw that tour cycle. That was the first time, only time I've seen him live. I think when that tour happened, it was the highest grossing world tour of all time, or something like that. It broke some sort of record. Yeah. It was also the time that he started doing a lot of, um, like he was covering like Jimi Hendrix songs in his set and yep. everything. It was incredible. Incredible experience. And he covered Eric Clapton. Yep. So I like that album. So then, sorry, I misspoke. After that album, I think that everyone was anticipating the next thing. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out with either Born or Raised mm-hmm. or yeah. is that the next it one? It was Born and okay. Raised. Born and Raised. And everyone's like, boo. Yeah. And I remember like I didn't get super into it. That then, album might be my favorite. Yeah. Okay. So then Paradise Valley came out. Again, I didn't really I just I don't know why, but I just never remember listening to that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I tried it. I don't know. And then the next thing I remember is uh when he came out with what was after that? Was it the search for everything? Search for everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was the one where he released a bunch of them at a time, a couple at a time, right? Yeah, he did yeah. some singles and stuff like that. EPs, yeah. So now, I've, or yeah, you're right. He did. I think he called it Search for Everything, but it was Volume One and Two. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Anyways. Yeah. So something I've been doing recently is I've been, 
taking drummers that I admire, respect, especially when it comes to recording, since I'm trying to kind of get my foot in that door mm-hmm. and just looking up their discography, like what they've recorded on and then making like Spotify playlists of all those albums. And then, you know, yeah. And so Aaron Sterling obviously is one of those guys. And so he did born and raised and paradise Valley. And so I've gone back to listen to those to hear like what he's doing and just falling in love with those albums. They're it so is, good. It is nothing short of genius. It's brilliant. The stuff he does on Paradise Valley mm. is like Wildfire is the perfect it's great. song to start yeah. an album. And so much of that song's vibe and flavor is Aaron Sterling's playing. Totally. It it's just unreal. Yeah. Um and I feel like his playing in general is by default underrated. Because he's not overplaying. He's playing exactly mm-hmm. what the song requires mm-hmm. to be its best. And yeah, I just, I mean, he's obviously, he's very well known, but I just feel like he's still underrated. Interesting. For how good he is. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I would say he is only underrated by people that don't know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, like non-drummers especially. Well, yeah. Anyone that is a quality musician, drummer or not, loves Aaron Sterling. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's I mean... True. That's true. I don't know. Like, I just... Yeah. Because he's tasteful, he's musical, but he has his own thing. He's not afraid to do weird stuff. Like, he'll, he'll put his rig through a pedal, pedal board. board and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he's... And he was one of the first guys I remember when he put out like an instructional thing that it was so like low key and candid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just him sitting at the drum set talking about things and you know, like he's, there's so many quotes. He's like 80% of snare drums. You can do this with, I don't know. That's not a real, I'm not a professor. Like don't, you guys are going to (laughs) go look it up and tell me I'm wrong. Like he just, you know what I mean? It's just so like chill and unedited and and whatever. Yeah. Um, much like this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, Where's it going with that? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like, he is respected, and I would say appropriately rated. I don't know what you what you would use. Underrated, overrated. He's rated. What's the, he's rated. Is that the thing? <laughs> he's mid-rated. He's, Appropriated. He's a, <laughs> anyways, I think he's appreciated by anyone that actually knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Anyone that wouldn't like him, I mean, aside from like a taste or a preference, but if they don't like him because he's not showy, you know what I mean? Then it's a context thing. Yeah. Then you don't really know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's true. I'm not saying that if you don't like Aaron Sterling, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying. But I am also saying that if you don't like Aaron Sterling, you don't know what you're (laughs) talking about. You really don't know what you're talking about. No. I think... Because, he, like you said, he serves the song. He does what's he, needed for the song. And I think he's very self-aware of that, too. Like, in, in the podcast episode of him that I, I listened to, he was talking about how, like, he'll get calls to play on stuff, and he'll turn it down. Yeah, because he's not a metal he, drummer. Yeah. like that. Even though he's done some of those. <laughs> that in particular, he was, like, he was like, the last metal session I did, like, one of the few sessions he did... It was like a double kick part and he was yeah. like on his hands and oh, knees playing that. it with his hands. I love that story. Because he's like, I don't do that. I can't yeah. do that. And uh, like, 
I feel like so many other drummers would hack it just to save face, but he's like, I can't do it. I'm going to do it out of my hands, yep. you know? Yep. And, uh, and he'll just be like, you know, you shouldn't be hiring me. You should be hiring so-and-so. Ian Allison does that too, yeah. where if somebody hires him to play, like, for example, upright, he's like, I may not be your guy. He's like, if you mm-hmm. specifically want me just for me, I'll do it. But he has recommendations that he'll pass along if he genuinely believes that he's not the guy. Yeah. Which is, that brings up an interesting point, which I was going to say earlier um, in the middle of that Instagram discussion. Yeah. The idea of like hiring someone because of their unique thing versus just hiring them because they can play the music. I've been hearing a lot of things in various podcasts I listen to or whatever about you know, the touring industry and how a lot of gigs are way underpaid because there's so many people that want to do it. And so you have all these young guys that can learn the parts and they can execute at the level they need to execute. But as soon as they go, I'm not getting paid enough, then they lose the gig because there's just 10 other guys behind them that are just itching to do it mm-hmm. and will and we'll take whatever they can get. Yeah. Um, versus... Hiring a drummer or a bass player or a guitar player because you want their thing. You want their unique thing with the playing or maybe their unique thing with the personality they bring or the energy or whatever. Yeah. And that's tying it into the Instagram thing where it's like, I want to just do my thing. And if you don't like that, that's fine. Like that's, that's totally fine. Yeah. I know what I like. I know what I want to sound like and what I want to put out. And if you don't like that or that's not what you're looking for, like then pick, I'd rather you pick someone else. Right. Pick, pick somebody and be happy. Yeah. 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 And so it is an interesting balance. Um, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think of any time I maybe would have turned something down. Like, at the, you know, most people, they know, like, what I do. Like, no one's calling me for a jazz gig. Right. If for some reason they did, I would be like, no, I don't even know the first thing about how to play that music. Yeah. Um, so that's maybe a bad example. But maybe if there was something else where it's like, I can maybe do this, but you're going to be... I, I would say specific genres, like jazz, metal. Like, I'm not yeah. going to take that. There's no reason for me to take that. I don't know anything about that. It's right. not going to be good. And it's not going to do anything for my career. Right. You know what I mean? Because you're not itching to get into the metal world. Right. You know? So it's it's like, it's not only is it not a win both ways, it's a lose both ways. Yeah. You won't get anything out of it. They won't get right. what they could get out of it. But there is, a, there is an interesting balance there because I don't want to turn things down. Like, I want to stretch myself. Mm-hmm. Or maybe go like, oh, I've never really done that. But like, let's figure it out. You know, so yeah. I think there's a threshold you have to be, you don't just be throwing things away. Yeah. But. Yeah. I'm trying to, I, th- I think I heard Ian say this and I'm stealing it and trying to adopt it, but there, there's sort of a principle when it comes to what, what opportunities to say yes to mm-hmm. and which ones to say no to. The first question to ask is, is this cool or is this interesting to me? Mm-hmm. Or does this sound like fun? Then the answer is yes, do it. The answer shouldn't depend on 
How much does it pay? Mm-hmm. You know, is this like something I'm inherently like the best at? Mm-hmm. If it sounds like something that you would have a blast doing, then you should probably say yes. And everything else is almost secondary. Mm-hmm. And I think on the same, like on the flip side of that, the stuff that will sound exciting to you is stuff that you're probably going to do well. Right. You know? Yeah. I've heard this thing you're bringing up from, I've heard it a lot recently, but I don't know that anyone I've heard it from has been the first to say it. But the way I've heard it described is there's three elements. There's the pay, there's do I like the music, and there's do I like the people. Mm -hmm. And some guys will say they have to have at least two of those three things. If you have all three it's a pretty rare, you're it's in the top like scenario. 1%. Yeah. Like I would say hearing Aaron Sterling talk about the John Mayer gig, it's all three, right? Yeah. Because he said, obviously it's John Mayer, the pay is good. It's John Mayer. So it's obviously a, the music's good. Right. And, and just like the musical environment for it being a pop gig, there's a lot of improvisation that's built in. There's a lot of like, it's just the ideal musical thing. A lot of very skilled, experienced players. Yes. But also he said the hang is really great. And maybe you've heard this in one of those podcast episodes, Mm -hmm. but the interviewer is like trying to get the juice, the juicy details. Like what's it like backstage? Are there just girls everywhere and blah, blah, blah. And Aaron's like, it it really, honestly, it's like any other green room. It's a bunch of musicians nerding out about music. And it's like, if you want to do that other rock star stuff, you can go do it on your own time. But it's really, that stuff just doesn't really exist. Yeah. 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 And so I've, you know, I've, heard that in many different formats of like money the music and the hang yeah and and for a lot of guys it's like i need to have at least two of those things to make it worth it as a professional musician yeah maybe people would disagree yeah i do think it would suck if it's like the people are really cool and the pay is really good but i hate this music Mm -hmm. like that would be weird that would be weird if the pay is really good and or no if if yeah, if the pay is really good and I really like the music, but the dudes suck to hang out with, like, there's always a trade-off, right? Yep. And I just, you know, from guys where it's like, this is their livelihood, it's like, well, I, if you just hold out for all three, you're never going to get anything. So it's right. like, you got to, it's like any job has its downfalls. Yeah, but yeah. It's it's a very much, like, it, anything that's a general generalization like that is exactly that a generalization mm-hmm. you know there's always going to be exceptions and it's case for case because uh, there's people that both of us know who've turned down gigs that mm-hmm. met two out of the three mm-hmm. you know sure. and it's just like yeah just yeah if you can just didn't work. yeah i would say for me it it's the context determines that like i'm in a place where if i'm being asked to play in a live setting there's not much that i'm going to be asked to do that i would do it for free yeah. And, and there's not, I'm not really being, I'm fortunate enough that I'm not really being asked to do anything for free. Like I, I, for whatever reason, that's just kind of where I am. Like mm-hmm. anyone that's asking me to do something, there's some sort of pay involved, even if it's not a lot. Yeah. Um, and there have been certain things that have come up where it's like, I know you can't pay, but I love you and I love your music and I want to be involved. Let's do it. Exactly. Whereas 
with the studio and recording side of things, I have very little to no experience in that world. And so I just need a re- like I just want things to put on my resume. I just want the experience. I want yeah. the networking that comes from working with different people I haven't worked with. There's still benefit besides monetarily. Yes, it's like you're getting the experience and the repetitions. Yeah, they're getting mm-hmm. they're getting a product that they like from somebody that they trust. Yeah, and, and so it I, works. yeah, and so I've kind of put it out there to a couple engineering friends of mine. Like they know where I'm at with that. And so if they can, they try to get me a fair pay. But I've had, you know, a friend hit me up and say, Hey man, I got this track. Um, it's not, it's maybe it's something for themselves. Like it's original or it's instrumental. I I can't remember the context, but there was a scenario where it was like, could I give you 50 bucks and a burrito? Like we'll go out to Chipotle. I'll buy your lunch. We'll hang, we'll record this thing and I can give you 50 bucks. It's like, yeah, of course. Like, Again, because I like this person, I want to hang out with them. I like the process of like picking the drums, picking the cymbals, choosing them, getting the sounds, coming up with the part. Yeah. I like that process. And I don't have a lot of experience. So I'm not going to expect to be paid 200, 300, 400 bucks. Right. Because I think there's a lot of areas that I'm weak in when it comes to that. And I might not be able to do it as good as the next guy. Yeah. Whereas like I'm confident in my, in my live chops, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, if I'm being asked to do something, I feel confident to ask for a certain amount. Yeah. You know, you know, right away, like, well, I'm, I need this because what you're asked, like what you're getting with the JD package Mm -hmm. is this, this, and this, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, well, I know. I know my way around this. So this is going to be, you know, 10 mm-hmm. out of 10. I know my way around this. And so you, you know your worth. And with, with a scenario like that, where it's 50 bucks and, and lunch, uh, you're almost getting paid to do your reps or mm-hmm. getting paid to practice. Yeah. I'm and getting, so almost getting paid to go to school. Yeah. If you think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah, stuff like that is super opportunistic too. And that's kind of where I'm at with like, making um demos right now i have a couple friends who are like they're working on their songwriting chops and like coming up with songs and so then that but then they're going like i have a couple friends that are exactly the same like they're great songwriters they're trying to work on that skill yeah they can make great chord progressions whether it's like on a guitar or like keyboard stuff but they in their own words, they have no idea what to do when it comes to the drums. And so they just pick some generic loop and it sounds crappy and they, they don't want that or whatever. And so then they send it to me. And that's one of those things where it's like, I have a couple guys that I have a relationship with where it's like, again, I want to practice. I want to get better at working with the artists and achieving what they want from the drum and percussion and rhythmic side of things. And I want, you know, the thing I posted today is like, that's just what I created. It You don't hear what I was given. You don't hear the scratch vocal or any of the synths or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even if they don't use any of that stuff, if, if and when they record that song officially, I got to practice recording. I got to practice arranging. I had something I could put out into the world to say, here's what I can do. And to me, that's like valuable. Yeah. Now, those are also, those are friends of mine. And so we have like an understanding and 
I'm not going to do that with everyone. Exactly. Yeah. And they're also, you know, I don't know if those songs will ever see the light of day. Mm -hmm. If maybe they never will get recorded. Maybe if they do get recorded and they want some of the stuff I did, maybe that will turn into hiring me to play drums or hiring me to finalize those stems of programming and then they pay to take those and use I, I have no idea. Yeah. But again, it's all contextual of like, okay, yeah. well, I just want practice. Right. So, right. and I have the time available. Yeah. Yeah. Recognizing that it's not necessarily, you're not, you're not like, this has to lead to some big opportunity. Yeah. The opportunity it is leading to is you adding something to your skill set, mm-hmm. which is huge. Exactly. Which is huge. Yeah. Should give you a couple of buzzwords that you can just edit in wherever. Buzzwords. Yeah, like like time feel samples. That person has gotten him or herself into an awkward situation. Into quite a predicament. Quite a predicament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I show you something quick? Of course. I don't mind that we're on recording the air. This. Let's do it. Yeah, live. Everyone, uh, phone in with your questions now. We're gonna do a Q and A. Uh, you can tweet in. To my non-existent Twitter account. Can you hold on a second? I gotta see if I have any new comments on my uh, post from earlier. Just kidding. <laughs> Continue. You direct message. I, I thought you were serious. No, that was a total joke. I was like, okay, dude, I gotta pee. You can go pee. I'm gonna go pee. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna let it roll though. Let it roll. Cool. All right. I'll just be here by myself. Where's the bathroom again? That way. First door on your right. Only door on your right. Oh yeah, she does that. Hello. You guys have the same uh, towels as us. Target, right? Yep. Threshold brand. Threshold. That's some good shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's that Kush. Mmm. Luxury. What were we talking about? Um, Drums. Groove. Samples. Time feel. Halftime. That person has gotten him or herself into an awkward situation. You were going to show me something, I think. You were looking something up. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It was this. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's that's why. It was in my messages to Jess. Uh, why don't you listen to albums? That's what your message was. To Jess, yeah. That is. It's, it's so... I follow a lot of, like, The Office meme pages and things like that of course there's there's one i follow called the office deleted scenes this is a blooper from season eight and oscar in the very first like the very beginning of the clip just gets me every time is that a sneeze i don't think so i think <laughs> i think he was just like disgusted and that's more of his like, <gasps> oh i see <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because in the real ep- in the real take, he, he's like, "This is disgusting." He, uh, he's like, yeah. "This is deplorable." <laughs> oh, just one more. Oh, it just gets me. Oh uh, man, that's funny. Oh man, my um, uh, I had uh, a birthday that last week that just passed by. Yeah. And when I got up, we have this letter board here behind you. You guys can't see it, but 
my wife writes little quotes on there or whatever. And on the morning of my birthday, I got up and it had been changed to happy anniversary of your birth, Dwight. It's like a quote from Dwight. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And because she knows how much I love the office. That's great. It's so funny. Is she into the office? No. Not as much. She's not super into TV to begin with. Yeah. Um, she doesn't understand why people like us watch things over and over again. She, she does not like to watch things more than once. Yeah. There are a few crucial movies and like one TV show yeah. that she will watch more than once, but they definitely can't be watched more than once, like close together. Yeah. But yeah, she's, See, I rewatch and re-listen I rewatch to everything. everything. Yeah, totally. I mean, if she I, does that with music, yeah. but specifically like TV and movies, she doesn't like, I'm rewatching a TV show right now that we watched together that we both really liked. Yeah. But she's just like, I don't, why? I already know what happens. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if, cause I've talked with Jess about this. Cause she's like, why do you rewatch everything? Mm-hmm. I mean, she re, she rewatches the office and parks and rec, but that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, well that's not it, but that's, we're always watching one of those two yeah. shows. Uh, right now we're re rewatching the crown and that's really fun. Oh yeah. It's I gotta show. do that. It's so good. Um, but I think my theory is that part of it is that growing up with with VHSs, like we grew up in an era where since you had movies and video games at home, you could just replay things. Mm-hmm. And so I think as kids, my brother and I just got like we had a machine that was just for rewinding VHS tapes. Right. And so we would watch like Monsters Inc. or something like that, get done with it. And rewind it, mm-hmm. and it would take like a minute, and then we'd put it back in the VHS player, the VCR, and then we'd just watch it again. And we would do that. We'd probably watch a movie like 50 times before we'd move on to something else. Yeah. And so I just grew up always rewatching things. Mm-hmm. And so now that I have like, we have the internet and everything's available, right. I feel like... I feel like I rewatch things less because I always am bouncing between things, mm-hmm. but Jess is still like... It drives her insane. Yeah. Oh yeah. If I really like a podcast, that that podcast is going to be on in the car for like mm-hmm. a month. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There occasionally there are things that I have to rewatch immediately. Like, and obviously it's all dependent on time. Like what's going on. Since being married, I don't watch as much stuff. Yeah. Which is fine. But I remember the first time I watched Interstellar. You know that movie, Matthew McConaughey? I, I have not Ooh, seen that movie. I've got to watch it. So my lame excuse for not having seen it yet is when it was in theaters, I was home for Christmas and my mom was like, let's all go see a movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we should go see Interstellar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who's in that? I was like, Matthew McConaughey. And she was like, we're not going to see that movie. Yeah. And I was like, no, but it's like a serious movie. Yeah. And she was like, no. And so we saw Big Hero 6, which is also an amazing movie. But yeah. and then I just never got around yeah. to it. It's worth it. I didn't get to see it in the theater, which I regret, but I, I r- obsess about things that I can't quite wrap my head around because I like think about everything. I analyze everything. Yeah. And so like, was that a Christopher Nolan movie? Do you know? Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Um, so anything like having to do with space, I don't. I don't consider myself someone that's like obsessed with space, Yeah. but anything that has to do with it 
because I can't quite wrap my head around it's just fascinating how it works. Yeah. And so Interstellar is like kind of toys with the idea of time travel. Yeah. But like with like black holes and like that kind of it's it's just a weird. Mhm. Anyways, it's a great movie and I remember watching it by myself at home a couple of years ago and as soon as it ended, I went I have to watch that again. Yeah. Cuz there's some things where it's like watching it again knowing everything that happens or like knowing how something ends or whatever it'll like bring clarity yeah watching it again you pick up on things you know what i mean um and so i watched it twice back to back that's a long movie yeah it was a long yeah but i really i really like comedy Mm -hmm. and humor that stuff is interesting to me and i grew up like my dad is very funny yeah and i grew up on seinfeld and I grew up with my dad quoting Seinfeld before I even watched the show. Yeah. And that and, and us, we would watch comedians, stand-up comedians and stuff. Before it was cool to just go around quoting your shows. Yeah, right, exactly. And, uh, yeah, so I mean, it's, part of that's just because it was a part of my childhood and, like, my relationship with him. But I really enjoy watching sitcoms in particular over and over again because there's just something about it I like it's almost like I'm studying it if that makes sense yeah like I'm really into that Jerry Seinfeld's new show Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee yeah um, do you know the premise of the show yeah yeah yeah. It's and, all, that show's almost like a podcast yeah yeah and what I love and relate to Jerry Seinfeld about is he is studying and he's fascinated with the art of comedy yeah. and getting inside people's heads. And one, it inspires me that to have the career that he's had and be at the age that he is, that he's still obsessed with it and obsessed with the craft. That's inspiring to me to watch. Yeah. And it's just inspiring for me to not only hear his thoughts, but then all the various aspects of his guests. Um like a new season just came out and I watched the new season and then I wa- went back and I rewatched every other episode. Yeah. That I've, and, and again, my wife was like, you've already seen these. Like yeah. what? I don't know. That's what, I, there's just something about it. Yeah. That's like mesmerizing to me. And I really relate to music. Yeah. Like, um, it's easy to see the parallels. Totally. Of like a man who like has mastered his craft. And I feel like us, especially we're fascinated with somebody who's like older, who's who's mastered the craft from our perspective, mm-hmm. and he still That's is in widely lo- respected. He, he, and he's still in love with the process mm-hmm. of learning mm-hmm. and exploring mm-hmm. and trying. Mm-hmm. It's like it gives us hope yeah. that that it's like oh, it's possible to do what you love and not burn out. Yeah, yeah, and he's so like he. It's so funny. There are so many episodes where somehow the topic of being a celebrity and being noticed on the street and stopped and all that comes up. And in er- his whole ap- approach on that is like, who cares? Like one, he's like, that's part of being us. That's just, that comes with the territory. Yeah. Like there's one episode where he talks about how he got a bike and he likes riding his bike around New York city. Mm-hmm. And the person that whoever the guest is, is like so confused. And they're like, what? Like, doesn't, isn't that annoying? He's like, what do you mean? Well, like people are like probably stopping you or like on the street saying hi all the time. And he's like, so what? And they're like, well, what do you do? He's like, 
you say hi back and then you just keep going. It's like he yeah. just doesn't care. Or like people stop him and want his autograph, like whatever. Yeah. He's not like enthralled by the attention mm-hmm. in like a gross way. But he he's also not like turned off. Like he's not annoyed. Sometimes yeah. he gets annoyed, but I actually have you seen the clip of him? I think it's again, I think it's a YouTube uh personality who was like who walked up to him and was okay. like was like, oh my gosh, I love you. And he's like, oh, well, thank you. And she's like, can I, can I give you a hug? And he was like, no, no, thanks. And, yeah. she, was, and she was like, no, I just want a quick hug. He's like, no, no, thanks. Yeah, I, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> and, and she was like, she was like no, super, super embarrassed. And she walked away. She's like, oh my yeah. gosh. I think he's, I think he's, and, he, uh, and he was like, he's on like a, he's being, he's being like a red carpet or something. He's being interviewed yeah. during yeah. this. And then she, when she goes away, yeah. he's like. He's like, I have no idea yeah. who that was. And I, man, <laughs> I don't know a better way someone could handle that situation because he's so polite. Yeah. He's not like rude about it, but he doesn't give in because it seems like he's just like, no, thanks. Yeah. And he's like, please. And like, no, I don't want one. <laughs> yeah. And it's like so Jerry Seinfeld, but yeah. it's just like, I just, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Like that's as simple as I just yeah. don't want to hug this woman who yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's like every once in a while you're going to come across people who are like persistent and then you just... Stand your ground, and it might be awkward for them, but you He move doesn't on. have to explain why. Yeah. He's just like, no. It's like, the, the good reason is that I don't want to. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like, what's your reasoning? It's like, I yeah. just don't want to. Uh, so my questions that have sort of become tradition for yeah. the end... Give it to me. ...of a podcast. We've been here for about eight hours. <laughs> and... Uh, I loved every got, second of it. We've got some good stuff. Unedited, mm-hmm. eight hours. Yep. Um... As you can see by this podcast. Perfect. Yeah. Um, do you need to take that? No, it's okay. No, seriously. That's what that crackling is. It's the phones. My metronome does the same thing. If is I it put, really? Yeah. If I put my phone... Here, lift it off the tape. Yeah. If I put my phone next to my metronome when I'm practicing... What the frick? I will know when I'm about to get a text or a call because it'll make this sound. Here's a funny story. In high school, uh, the, like right when like we were all kind of getting phones, I think it was pre, it was definitely pre iPhone. Uh, I had a teacher. I had a class where um, sometimes we would watch a movie or something, or it was something to do with the class or like a clip or something. Yeah. So we had this TV, you know, the big, wide, deep TV. She'd roll it in on a cart. The, and the, the TV, TV cart. The TV would make that sound. And the teacher knew, and she was like super weird and just like crazy, but she knew that that sound had to do with cell phones. And so she would like, but she didn't quite understand. Like, I think, you know, you're allowed to just have your cell phone in your backpack or your pocket. You couldn't have it out during class, right? So you can't control if you're getting messages or whatever. Right. I don't know that she quite understood that. I think she just assumed if she heard the sound, someone was doing something on their phone that they weren't supposed to. Yeah. And so that TV would make that sound that we're hearing right now. And she would be like, put your cell phones away or like something like (laughs) weird teacher voice, you know? But yeah, it's our phones. That's what it is. That's what it's been this whole time. Yeah. I, so I've recently learned that like, cell phones are pretty much just allowed in school now. Oh yeah. And thank God that that finally happened because I just remember people would get sent to the office and they get their phones taken away mm-hmm. and they have to sit in the back of the class after they get their phone, like so much stupid crap. And yeah. it's like just te- just, just yeah. angry teachers, 
Angry teachers. Mm. Uh, okay, so... Traditional questions. My traditional closing questions. Let's hear it. Do you have any more rabbit trails? No. Because let's do them now. No. <laughs> All right. First question. We kind of already touched on this. Of It pertains to what music you've been listening to. Mm-hmm. Do you have... You mentioned a few, but do you have one that either is most the most recent or one that is your favorite this past week or the past few days? Um, yeah, a caveat, I should say the albums that I named were not that many. Yeah. And they were more just ones that I've been keeping track of. It's a glimpse into like a window. Yeah. It's a glimpse into like the past. These aren't like your all time favorites. These are like what you've listened to. But I would say right now, um, the answer to both of those questions for this week that I've really been into is, uh, the Dawes album we're all gonna die yeah um again i've listened to these albums before but maybe not to the extent that i should have and i was really inspired seeing them live and so i've been going through their albums and i would say that that i think would probably be my favorite album of theirs nice um yeah that's all i have to say jd's glowing (laughs) recommendation um trying to remember my next question uh what show would you recommend that you've been watching mm. obviously the office like is up there for maybe both of one us. that people are as aware or what yeah, are we maybe maybe something that one yeah maybe something that people are okay i have a side tangent this is very quick let's hear it did you know that one out of every six people watching netflix right now is watching the office i believe that 16 percent of their streams of their streaming time yeah. is dedicated to the office. They're going to take a huge hit in a, a couple of years. Huge. I don't yeah. think Netflix is going to exist in five years because oh, interesting. I, I think what is happening is what we're seeing happening is we're the, going back is the TV companies are since they have money they're. I mean, it took them so long to catch on to the fact that streaming is where it's going. Right. I think that they should suffer, but <laughs> they have money, so they won't, yeah. they'll just make it happen. But Disney Plus now exists. Right. That's their streaming service. I think everybody's... It, Warner Brothers is going to have all a streaming service. All the networks service. are... Yeah. They're NBC. all pulling it. Yeah, because they see the money value. It's I, the new TV. I think we're going to revert back to a different, but basically the same format. Because already, like, for instance, and this kind of answers the question, Handmaid's Tale yeah. on Hulu. Mm-hmm. You watch this? I have not. It's fascinating. I just... I think you were... The, first person to actually explain the plot to me and then it sounded interesting it's fascinating what's interesting is this season they're on season three right now it's on hulu one new episode is released every wednesday which is basically what it used to be when we watched shows on tv right you watched lost on tuesday night or whatever yep and so at tuesday night on this at this time you turned into this channel tuned into this channel you watch the episode and they had to wait a week for the next episode. It's the same thing. You don't have to be on a specific time, but Wednesday... But it's available at a certain It's available time. on Wednesday, and then when you're done the episode, you have to wait till the next Wednesday to see the next episode. Yeah. Which my wife hates. I hate that. But I like it because it spreads it out. It prevents people from binging. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's like an intentional choice or they're, it's intentionally like trying to keep people tuning in. Maybe they're testing the waters of just is that format yeah like is once is weekly airing still uh feasible yeah i don't i'd be curious to know is it one or the other or multiple 
things happening at once? Is it them trying to improve the health of all of us by preventing you from binging for hours on end? Is it if we spread this out once a week, people are going to come to Hulu.com for three months as opposed to a day? I'm willing to bet that it's yeah. 100% financially yeah, probably. charged. All that to say, a show that I've been re-watching is called The Killing. Okay. Used to be on Netflix. Now I'm watching it on Amazon. Okay. Um, it's only four seasons. It's really like three and a half seasons. The fourth season, I don't know what happened. I don't know if the show got canceled. It's only like six episodes, and it's okay. like kind of just like weird, but... Does it kind of just feel like it petered out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The premise is it's two homicide detectives investigating a murder. I think that's my dog dreaming. Yeah. yeah, she's dreaming. Oh, she's... Yeah. She's uh, over there. Oh, that's adorable. Um, <laughs> two homicide detectives investigating a murder. And what I like about it is the entire storyline that begins with the first episode lasts the entire first two seasons. So it takes two full seasons to wrap up this case. Yeah. Which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I like that show. I, I'm I'm saying that because I think it's a show that not a lot of people seem to know about. But I didn't know I, about it. That I think is really good. Um, yeah, we've been watching The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Um, we've been watching a show called Working Moms on Netflix. That one, this season in particular, is kind of weird. Like, yeah. The premise of the show is there's like, it's like this three, four, maybe five women that are friends and they're all in like a, a mom like support group. They all have like young kids and it's basically, they're all, they all work. And, um, Oh, I think I saw the previews for that. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's a comedy mm -hmm. and it's interesting and it's, it's a cool look into like women of today who yep. work and, and are not the, the stereotypical traditional woman that stays the, at home. The homemaker. Yeah. yeah. But it definitely gets a little raunchy yeah. in parts. So, you know, just caution to yeah. those of you that are sensitive to that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's funny. Yeah. It's really funny. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Just out of curiosity, sure. do, you, do you watch Stranger Things? Oh, yes. I love Stranger Things. Cool. Yeah. When, Just when watch you, season three. You were talking about rewatching Interstellar. That's exactly what my mm. wife did. We, we yeah. binge watched the entire third season with some friends. And then the next day, Jessica started from season one, episode yeah. one. Yeah. So, yeah. I Have you listened to uh, Ingrid Michaelson's new album? Uh, yes. Freak Show is a masterpiece oh, of a man. song. The whole album's great. Yeah, that it, one. Jealous. Love that song. Um, Young and in Love. Yep. They're all good. Yeah. All great. Yeah. So good. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Hmm. Man, that's... Don't know. I've never been like a five-year plan person. Yeah. I've never... You know, I have like... I've, all, I've always had, or at least for my adult life, like I have goals. I have things that I would like to achieve. A lot of them are about like my playing, mm -hmm. you know, I have goals as far as like, I would like to be able to do this on my instrument and I can't yet. So I'm working towards that. Yeah. Just, just as far as the craft is concerned, not like, 
oh, I want to play in front of 10,000 people. Like, not those kind of goals, but just I feel like there's a lot I still have that I want to express and I don't know how to get it out yet Mm. on the instrument. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I would say I would like to, my overall goal is to be able to make a living and like support my family. Yeah. Um, In five years, we will probably have some kids. I don't know. (laughs) Obviously things can change, but... Um, Wait, not how, like how we're does, trying right now. How does that? Oh, how does kids work? How, how do kids work? Do you just go and get them? Well, you see, when you have an XLR cable, you have the male XLR and the female XLR. Yeah, I never understood that. Yeah, the male XLR has three prongs, and the female XLR. Like how boys have three prongs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting question. We. We have been, my wife and I have been discussing similar, like, what what are we doing with our lives? Like, yeah. where's all this going? Yeah. What do we want to achieve? You know, we have, like, specific goals and also just kind of vague goals of, like, what we want our life to look like. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't really have a great way to answer that question. Yeah. I, I hope that in five years I'm still playing music, hopefully more frequently. Um yeah. for more money <laughs> if I'm being honest yeah it would be nice to just not have to rely on other things yeah um, financially it'd be sweet to be in a place to be all in yeah yeah not that I mind doing other things but you know my wife has a job right now that she wouldn't have mm-hmm. if if it wasn't for us needing the extra money so yeah. it'd be nice to like free her up from that I get that um, but yeah Sweet. Well, I feel like I know you 10 times better mm. than I did 10 hours ago when we started. Um, when we started recording. Yes. Because this is unedited. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks, it's, man. It's been a real it's pleasure. Hopefully someone gets something out of what I have to say. Yeah. I mean. I could talk for another 10 hours. <laughs> there's plenty to glean from. Uh <laughs> Thank you for the coffee. Thank you for hosting this Anytime. episode in your lovely house. Anytime. Um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm excited to uh, to have this one. So, what happens at the end of the episode? Like when someone listens to an episode, is there like a jingle, like, or is there like theme music that will then play? Recently, I just want to know what people are going to hear right after this. 